0: We love her. so most of it was pretty minor until i banged up against this vaginal dryness thing no pun intended but the banging became quite difficult <laughs> and initially i thought maybe there's something wrong with me it hurts so much we were never using any kind of lubricant it just wasn't part of our thing this was really new and i never i never had any issues like that
1: Hi everyone, I'm Sue DeLara, i Katari, and I'm Judy DeMello. Ready for another episode of V-Love Hub? This is our podcast about menopause, midlife, and beyond. Wait, before we start, I just want to remind everyone that if you're enjoying our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe because it's really easy. Okay, So it's kind of funny that we're doing this episode, which is on vaginal dryness, in dry
2: January. Yeah, except vaginal dryness is so not funny. It's a bitch. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's the worst.
1: Just like Stephanie said at the very beginning of the show... After, what, 30-odd years of being all juicy and never thinking about lubrication, suddenly you bang up against vaginal dryness? But you're not alone. About two-thirds of menopausal
2: women will experience it. Mm. Yeah, I'm one of them. I'm sorry, Judy. (laughs) (laughs) But, look, I have to say before we start that we do have some male listeners and some same-sex couples too, so... You may not be experiencing it, but maybe your partner is, and that will affect both of you because the most common side effect of vaginal dryness is painful sex, not fun.
1: And I think because it's linked to sex and being sexy and womanly, it's one menopause symptom that's so difficult for women to talk about. I mean, admitting to it, you feel like a dried up old hag, not like a sexy, juicy young thing that we all once were. And we still want to be.
2: Are you calling me a dried up old hag? (laughs) No, maybe me. (laughs) No, but seriously, vaginal dryness was my big issue when I hit menopause. And it happened really suddenly. It wasn't like this slow build. It was literally one day, estrogen had left the building. And then faster than you can say KY jelly, I turned into the Sahara (laughs) Desert. (laughs) So how did you deal with it, Judy? Well, honestly, at the time... I didn't know what it was exactly. I mean, that sounds crazy today because I know so much about it. But even three or four years ago, it wasn't really being talked about the way it is today. Or maybe it just wasn't on my radar. Anyway, I sort of thought, oh, whatever it is, it'll go away, but it didn't. So then, of course, I asked Dr. Google and that's when I got more information about it. Prior to this, by the way, during my regular gyno checkups, my doctor didn't even mention that vaginal dryness might be something on the horizon. Like, why didn't she say, hey, Judy, this is something that you may experience as you go through menopause, and if you do, call me and we'll figure out a treatment plan. She said nothing to prepare me. And did you go back to see her? Well, this is where the timing of it gets a little wonky. At first, as I said, I didn't really deal with it, so I did waste some time. Then when I actually did find out more, we were just going into the pandemic and then I didn't see any doctors for a while. So by that point, somewhere in 2021, it had been at least two years since my last checkup. And by then, the dryness had become quite severe. I remember one of our girls' nights
1: out when you suggested using coconut oil as a vaginal moisturizer to another friend of ours who said she had suddenly discovered that sex had become unbearably painful.
2: Yeah, coconut oil was one easy remedy I found online, and I still use it. It helps to keep things moisturized, and I also tried an over-the-counter product called Replens, which I have to say worked really well But then, as I became more aware of checking ingredients, I did see that Replens is not so great because it uses palm oil and parabens, so I stopped using it. Anyway, eventually I did go to see a doctor, but this was only recently because I got rid of my original gynecologist. I was so incensed by the fact that she did nothing to properly prepare me for menopause, which is her job! I mean, I pay hundreds of dollars a month for health insurance, And she wasn't giving me the care I needed, so off with her head. Out with her (laughs) cooch. Dried up old cooch. Her dried up old cooch. Listen, I'm sure many women out there feel as angry about it as you do, Judy. Yes, for sure. And it also makes me think about what Dr. Tara Allman said in episode two of the show, which is that we need to transition from our regular OBGYNs, which my old doc was, she specialized in pregnancy and childbirth, to a menopause specialist once we get to our 40s and certainly 50s. She's right. And that's why we're so lucky to have on the hub today
1: a gynecologist who not only specializes in female sexual pain, but she also recently became a North American Menopause Society Certified Menopause Practitioner, which is quite a mouthful. So she's really dedicated to helping us women in menopause get the care we need. All right, take
2: it away, Judy and Dr. Joe Kraft. Welcome to V-Love Hub, Dr. Kraft.
0: Thank you for having me.
2: You work at the Centers for Volvo vaginal Disorders, which has clinics in Washington, D.C. and New York City. Could you tell us a little bit about the organization and what you do there?
0: Absolutely. So I'm a board-certified obstetrician gynecologist, uh, meaning that I trained in both obstetrics and gynecology. And then following my graduation, I did a mentorship with one of the uh, leading physicians in vulvovaginal pain, the doctor that started the center. And then I joined him recently. And so I, um, I see patients in the Washington, D.C. area, and I'm very excited to just focus on this branch of my field alone. I gave up delivering babies about two years ago. I'm not new to this field. After graduation, which was many years ago, I started the Center for uh, Sexual Health at an institution in Washington, D.C. I ran that for about five years.
2: Let's talk about your specialty, which is vulvovaginal disorders. And tell us, is it a particularly difficult issue to
0: diagnose and treat? No, it really isn't. I mean, just to kind of put this into perspective, I mean, what if I told you that there was a condition out there that over 50% of women after a certain age develop with symptoms and it it doesn't get better. Year after year it tends to get worse and worse unfortunately. The symptoms impact relationships, they change how we feel about ourselves, they impact the activities that people can do and then less than 5% of women can actually identify what this condition is or what the symptoms are. And then less than 13% of doctors even ask you about it when you go for your general checkup. How would this be possible that this could exist? Mm -hmm. It just sounds astounding that this could even be a possibility. And what I'm talking about here is vaginal atrophy and atrophic vaginitis, which are the older terms for this. Atrophy is off-putting, right? It sounds like Like the vagina is disintegrating or the vulva is going to fall off. I mean, it's just awful. And so even though they might be technically, from a physiologic standpoint, accurate medical terms, they just didn't translate to patients. And so by creating a term genitourinary syndrome of menopause, we were able to bring together these symptoms and really address not only the pain with intercourse and the vaginal dryness symptoms and the irritation and itching and so forth, but also the frequent urinary tract infections and the bladder symptoms as well.
2: So for somebody who maybe has not yet experienced painful sex, what does it feel like?
0: So it's obviously very disruptive, and it can cause a lot of turmoil as well. Sex should never be painful. So I have some patients who the first attempt, it's extraordinarily painful, and they're not even able to actually have intercourse because of the pain, usually younger. And then there's a lot of patients, usually my menopausal patients, who have had a lifetime of fine intercourse, wonderful sexual relations. You know, if not stellar, it was good. And then they start to develop discomfort. And that discomfort usually comes in the form of a dryness, rawness, irritation. Sometimes uh, people will say that it starts that way. Most commonly, they'll say that it starts okay or they use a lubricant, but then once that lubricant wears off with continued intercourse, it becomes really uncomfortable.
2: And I'm sure what happens if you're experiencing painful sex, then you're anticipating the pain too, which I'm sure increases the pain responses in us. And then that just escalates to lowering the libido or not allowing us to feel sexy so I'm sure your advice to such a woman would not be just relax so what is your advice to them?
0: You're absolutely right in that if it happens time after time and the cause is unknown, there is a cycle that starts to develop that may involve the pelvic floor muscles because whenever something's uncomfortable, your muscles start to guard. And this is involuntary. Just telling someone to relax usually makes things worse because then they start clenching because they're trying to relax and they can't. So let's say I come to your practice and having
2: trouble with sex I'm having painful sex. What then happens?
0: The first thing that would happen would be a full history. And so I would ask about symptoms. We would go over medical history, surgical history, because there's different factors that can really affect this. There's also medications that can affect vaginal dryness, like allergy medications, things you might not even think about that can actually affect dryness. There's different conditions that people don't always associate, like Sjogren's syndrome and things that cause dryness of the mouth can also cause dryness in the vaginal area as well. And so it really starts with putting all the pieces together with a full history, getting to know the person and their medical history. Okay, And then after that, it's a physical exam. And with the exam, I'm looking for many different things. I'm looking for signs of thinness of the tissue of the vulva, which is the external female genital tissue, as well as the vagina. I'm looking for paleness, thinness of the tissue. I'm looking for tearing or healed tears of the tissue. When I look inside the vagina, I'm looking for loss of the natural folds that we have in the vagina that allows the vagina to be very stretchy. Remember, the vagina is able to stretch to usually deliver a baby. And so the vagina, it can stretch quite a bit. And so as we go through menopause and our estrogen levels drop, the collagen and the different components of the tissue change. And so the tissue becomes less flexible and becomes more easily irritated. So even sometimes when I do a speculum exam, when the speculum rubs against that tissue, it can cause bleeding or irritation or pain. And these are all clues that the estrogen level is low.
2: Okay, and now you're going to see that I would never be a medical doctor by this next question, which is there over-the-counter treatments or natural remedies that would cause more lubrication?
0: When we're talking about treatment for these symptoms, generally there's non-hormonal treatments and then there's hormonal treatments. And we divide it like this because the hormonal treatment, which is vaginal low dose vaginal estradiol or estrogen, these are the gold standard. These work very, very well. They're safe for most people. There are some exceptions to that, but in general, very safe and They're very effective, and it's good for long-term use. Mm -hmm. There's many options that are available. Basically, there's creams, there's tablets, there's a ring, there's different capsules, there's precursors to estrogen and testosterone that can be given vaginally. There's even an oral pill that has different effects on estrogen receptors in different places. And so the options are broad. Now, as far as non-hormonal therapies, The main things that we have are vaginal moisturizers and vaginal lubricants. And people get a little confused with this, but they're actually very different. So with moisturizers, these are products that bring in moisture to the tissues vaginally. You can even use some on the vulva or the opening to the vagina called the vestibule. And they're basically meant to be used on a routine basis, almost like a moisturizer for your face. Now, lubricants, on the other hand... I think of those as used as an ad needed basis. Lubricants are very effective for use with intercourse and they help quite a bit. I usually say that everyone can benefit from a lubricant no matter what.
2: So vulva pain and vaginal pain are two different things. Obviously, they're two different body parts, but how do we know what's going on here?
0: So when we talk about pain with intercourse, the term that we usually use is something called dysperunia. Dysperunia refers to pain with insertion. Most pain with intercourse is actually superficial. Patients will actually say that there's pain with insertion right at the entrance, and that is usually located to a place in our anatomy called the vulvar vestibule, which is basically the vaginal opening. It's within the labia minora at the opening of the vagina. It's the area where the urethra is located, where the urine comes out of the body. It's also the area where we have our gland openings that produce our natural lubrication at the opening. And so nine times out of 10, when someone says that they have pain with intercourse or pain with insertion, it's usually localized to the vestibule. And so we have a more specific term that we use. We call that vestibulodynia which sounds like vulvodynia a bit because Odine was the little-known Greek goddess of pain. And so when we say something is a dynia, it means an abnormal pain response.
2: I love that Greek mythology just came into this conversation. (laughs) Yes. So I did not go on HRT when I was hitting menopause, which was about five years ago all I heard about was that it increases your odds of female cancers. And now, of course, there's been a lot more research that has debunked a lot of these myths. So could you just give us uh, your medical knowledge of the pros and cons of HRT?
0: Absolutely. I mean, this could be a whole episode in and of itself, um, but I'll give you my stance on it. I'm a big advocate of hormone therapy. And for the right patient, right? So hormone therapy generally is approved for vasomotor symptoms, so hot flashes and night sweats. However, we do know that there's additional benefits if it is started early in the menopausal transition. If it started at that time, there's actually longer term benefits for bone health or cardiovascular health. I think that patients need to be educated about the risks and benefits so they can make a good decision with their doctor based on what their preferences are and what their values are. And so I'm a big advocate of counseling education, and making shared decisions with my patients on these matters. Now, what's really important is that if you have symptoms that involve the vulva, vagina, or the bladder, you don't necessarily have to be on hormone therapy. In fact, If you're not having whole body symptoms of menopause, you certainly don't need to be on systemic, meaning whole body hormone therapy. You can be only on low dose vaginal estrogen or one of the medications that addresses the vaginal and urinary areas, any of the medications for GSM. Okay,
2: good advice. Are there any organizations or resources specifically for vulva vaginal disorders or painful sex that you would refer people to go and speak with or check it out.
0: Yes, we have the North American Menopause Society, so NAMS. They have a fantastic website as well as a directory with certified providers. Another one is the International Society for the Study of Women's Sexual Health, or ISWISH. Um, This is an international society. And so this mainly uh, talks about female sexual dysfunction or female sexual health. So that's an excellent resource for libido, for what we call hypoactive sexual desire disorder. So sexual desire, arousal disorder, as well as pain disorders, And then as far as for painful intercourse or vulvodynia that doesn't even have to do with intercourse, we have the National Vulvodynia Association or NVA.org, which is a fabulous society. There's also a lot of physical therapy-based directories that exist. So Pelvic Guru is one that's really good. APTA, which is the Physical Therapy Association. Very interesting. Okay, so here's a big
2: question. What's your greatest hope, your one big wish for a change in the area of menopause health and wellness?
0: That's such a good question. My biggest wish is that we take the shame out of talking about these conditions. We start to talk to each other about it and we talk to the, the next generations about it. So no one is embarrassed to come if things don't seem like they're working the way that they should. I don't want any person to feel like they have to suffer or feel badly about their bodies or themselves or their relationship because of something that can be easily diagnosed and treated. And I think that a lot of that um, comes from education and awareness for everybody, but it also comes in the form of training and research for providers. So we can really normalize this.
2: That's a great wish. And I think that's where we all came from to start this podcast and start this conversation. So I thank you, Dr. Kraft, for your time and your wisdom. I wish I had come to see you five years ago, but I'm still so glad I found you today because I do think our listeners will benefit greatly from your expertise and your modern approach to menopause. So thank you so much for your time. How did you find her, Judy? Actually, on Instagram. Funny, right? That I found this incredibly knowledgeable and experienced menopause doctor on social media. And seriously, anyone who is dealing with vaginal dryness or painful sex, please follow Dr. Kraft on Instagram. Her handle is at Jill Kraft, M-D. That's J-I-L-L-K-R-A-P-F-M-D. Her whole goal is to educate people about female sexual issues, but not in any like, shame-based way. So she has all these kooky and fun videos and posts that talk about vaginal dryness and other issues. And it's all done so openly and with humor. So you can learn something from her posts or at least feel less alone. Mm-hmm. So Judy, did you find treatments that work for you? Well, one thing I learned in this whole journey is that I didn't need to go on to full-on HRT in order to treat vaginal dryness. And the only reason I'm concerned about HRT is that I just turned 60, so I'm not in that optimal window to start HRT. But because vaginal dryness is really my main symptom, I'm able to treat it with a very low dose estrogen cream That's applied locally. Is it fun to apply it? Of course. (laughs) Sometimes somebody else applies it for me. Ooh la la. (laughs) Just anyone. My neighbor. (laughs) Um, So anyway, I've been doing this for about two weeks. And it's definitely making a difference. It hasn't completely alleviated the symptoms. but And it is supposed to take about four weeks to fully kick in. So... I'm hopeful. Oh, but in the meantime, I've also discovered some awesome lubes out there that definitely help. Of course, you have, Judy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sutil Rich is one brand I love. That's S U T I L. And you can find it on Amazon. And it's all organic. And it's very, like, this rich, viscousy lube that helps a lot. So, I think there are many pieces to solving this problem. It will never be completely solved, but there are still so many more options for me to look into. Like another that I was never told about is pelvic floor physical therapy. That apparently can make a big difference. And then there are those gadgets that you insert, like the Perifit that Anne tried for her incontinence issues. Those two can help. And of course, the best medicine for vaginal dryness is to keep the blood flowing to the area. So you need to have a shit ton of orgasms. Oh, yes.
1: Well, okay, maybe here's a good time for me to pipe in because I banged up against the wall of some vaginal dryness myself. I actually went to a nurse practitioner who's a menopause specialist and then to another one and both... Didn't let me go on HRT for a variety of reasons, but we'll get into that in an upcoming episode. Anyway, at their suggestion, I tried the E-string, which is, I don't know if Mm -hmm. you guys remember the diaphragm, you know, Mm -hmm. those old school diaphragms. So the E-string is kind of like that. That part I didn't like. It's kind of big and you're so aware that something's kind of looming around
0: up there. It's kind (laughs) of weird,
1: but it works it really works like think juicy fruit ASMR <laughs> That's right. So then I thought, well, if it works so well and so quickly like in 2 weeks for my vaginal dry wall, <laughs> how about for my sleep issues, my dry skin and dry hair mm-hmm. and you know, my brain fog and mm-hmm. I'm always worried about osteoporosis. So I came across this app on social media called Evernow. I know I've spoken about Evernow with you guys, but anyway, so everybody else knows you can go on HRT through an app. You answer all these medical questions to make sure you're a viable candidate, mm. and you have a conversation with a virtual menopause specialist, and bada bing. At least for me, they suggested the patch and here I am on HRT. I have the patch yeah. and it's been about three or four months and I'm thrilled. It really works for me. So it's kind of weird working with a virtual doctor, but she checks in with me and if I have questions, she answers them. And I don't know. It's just nice to know that there's a different option. Yeah.
2: No, it's true. Again, you
1: got to advocate for your health
2: and wellness options. Absolutely, Sue. That's so true. And you have to have these conversations, whether it's with your doctor or whether it's on a, with an online specialist. But most importantly, have the conversation with your partner. If you have a partner, if you're in a relationship, then have that conversation together because sex does change as you get older. But it doesn't mean it's not going to be good anymore. Trust me, it's great. And there are ways that you can really get around it, but you have to be open and be willing to deal with these obstacles together. And you find solutions that work for both of you. Oh my God, for sure. All I know
1: is if I'm having better sex and it's way more comfortable, enjoyable for me, I can assure you my partner is having way more enjoyable sex. True enough. <laughs> We're definitely in agreement on that point. (laughs) Or maybe it's just my imagination.
2: (laughs) We'll get your partner on next time.
1: (laughs) Well, we do talk about sex therapy uh, in an upcoming episode, right? Yeah,
2: true. Yep, that's true. So,
1: V-lovers, there you have it. January can be dry for booze, but no month should ever be dry for your veg.
2: No way. And... If you do need to find Dr. Kraft's information and a lot of other really helpful menopause resources, it's all there on our website at vlovehub.com. Bye for now. See you next week.
1: Love Hub is written and produced by Judy DeMello, Anne Katari, and Sue Delara. Music by A Cloudy Sky. Post-production assistant, Max Podcasting.
0: Please subscribe to our show wherever you download your pod.
2: And for more information, please visit our website, vlovehub.com. That's V-L-U-V-H-U-B dot and follow us on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. See you next week.